Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who was the original Mr. Squidward. Josh Hemo. It's another week where we rewatch episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants and show you how this classic children's cartoon can help you with your own daily life. And as always, we'll break down each episode and give you a big life lesson at the end that you can take home with you. And hopefully it leaves you feeling warm and fuzzy or, you know, really sad and depressed. We don't know. Feeling something. That's the fun of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, thank you all again for joining us. Thank you, Josh, for joining me. Thank you, Omar, for joining me. I I missed you. For a whole week, I missed you. I know. So long. And now I remembered why I don't miss you. Wow. (laughs) Anyways. So let's not waste any more time. (laughs) And uh, let's let's check out season one, episode nine, Nature Pants and Opposite Day. For Nature Pants, we join SpongeBob at the Krusty Krab, who's chefing up some Krabby Patties. The thing is, we quickly realize that he's daydreaming about jellyfish. Mr. Krabs snaps SpongeBob out of this daydream, and the unattended Krabby Patties burst into flame. And after SpongeBob fails to use a fire extinguisher properly, a Bikini Bottom fireman swoops in and uses SpongeBob's water-filled body to put out the fire. And so Mr. Krabs, concerned with SpongeBob, takes him into his office, and we realize after their conversation that SpongeBob has been wanting to leave his modern life and go live with the jellyfish. So obviously Mr. Krabs like, you're crazy, you wouldn't last like a moment out there, and shows SpongeBob that the Krusty Krab is his natural habitat. And he gives him a nice little tour of the kitchen and how everything relates to how his actual ecosystem should be. So SpongeBob doesn't even stay for the whole spiel. He just leaves. He's super upset. And he's like, I'm going to prove Mr. Krabs wrong. So back at his house, he decides to give away all his possessions, a can opener, a jar of mayonnaise. Shout out to the mayonnaise. Shout out. And he says farewell to all his friends. And that's Squidward, Patrick, Sandy, and then takes off his pants and he goes into the jellyfish fields. So, naked and adventurous, he follows and imitates a swarm of jellyfish and he's just kind of tagging along and being kind of clingy. And then while he's out there, he runs into Sandy and Patrick, who decide to put on like a little show to try to make SpongeBob come back, talking about Krabby Patties and stuff. Patrick quickly ruins the show by like, you know, just confessing that he misses SpongeBob. And so they kind of fail to convince him to come back. So Sandy drags Patrick out of jellyfish fields and SpongeBob goes back to being a jellyfish. And suddenly out of nowhere, because Patrick cannot live without SpongeBob, he decides to do a little bit of trophy hunting. And he's like, if I can't have you as a friend, I'm going to catch you. And he decides to put him in a jar. So Patrick starts chasing him. And finally SpongeBob's like running and running. And he's like, I'm going to jump into the jellyfish hive and realizes He's nice and safe. Patrick gives up the chase and the jellyfish come back, shock the shit out of SpongeBob and he runs into a cave. Night eventually falls and SpongeBob is suffering in a cold cave trying to sleep when suddenly all these poisonous sea urchins get all over him and he becomes super itchy. After a long day, SpongeBob's kind of defeated and he's touring around Bikini Bottom until finally he comes back home and he's kind of regretting all his choices up to this point. And surprise, his friends are there to welcome him back. And then Squidward gives him some pants, and they all have a group hug. But because SpongeBob was covered in poison sea urchins, everyone ends up being really, really itchy. But he's very, very glad to be back home. So that was the end of that act. Uh, but Josh, I want to start off with um, some fun facts, if Ooh, you don't mind. I'd love some fun facts. So some notable stuff. If you're a fan of memes, this is the and who isn't? origin. Yeah, if you're not a fan of memes, I don't. Reconsider what you're doing with your life because something's wrong with you. Exactly. Reconsider everything. Mm -hmm. This is the origin of the tired SpongeBob meme and the savage Patrick meme. So like the Patrick that's like kind of creepy and then the SpongeBob who's like all out of breath, which is interesting because they're like almost from the exact same uh, scene. Yeah. Like they're like minutes apart. Well, not even a minute apart, probably like 30 seconds apart from each other. Um, It's also the first time we see old reliable, uh, uh, the jellyfish net that, SpongeBob gives away to Patrick. And one that I really like, just because I like references like this that are pretty meta, it's the first time that the show references its 11-minute runtime of mm-hmm. an act. They're like, oh, I give SpongeBob a week. And then Squidward's like, I give him 11 minutes. 
which technically he's right because at the end of the 11 minutes he comes back boom breaking that fourth wall yeah breaking that fourth wall in, in the best way possible do you have any other fun facts i think i covered those were the ones i saw on the spongebob wiki that were interesting to me yeah that was the 11 minute one was what i was gonna bring up no i, I really i just enjoy the fact that they can you know some some self referential that, that me- yeah that's self-referential uh, self-referential humor yeah and it's good I think it's interesting the whole beginning of the episode gives us a little mm-hmm. bit more insight about Spongebob's interests of jellyfish isn't that he just does jellyfishing for a sport it's more that he kind of enjoys or I don't know I think he finds the jellyfish fascinating like their lifestyle and their freedom so it gives us more of an in-depth look of why he enjoys the act of jellyfishing so much, which is nice. It is really nice because I'm kind of like that way with dogs. When I see dogs, I'm just like, man, you like live in the time. Like dogs can be in a crappy situation usually. Like their owner isn't the best, but like as long as they're not being abused, they're like the happiest people. Yeah, just pure little happiest souls. animals ever. Yeah, pure yeah. little souls. And I love that. Um, I also, we also get a little bit of taste again on Mr. Krabs able to like string words together, his little swindling, his whole little speech about like, you know, the kitchen is your natural habitat. The fryer is your wide open range and the uh, deep fryer is like amber seas, amber waves. Yeah. And your golden scepter is your spatula. He's very good about like kind of his being manipulative. It's interesting. I love the sound design for that scene because it's really interesting how, like, as he describes everything, you hear, like, the ocean mm-hmm. and you hear, like, you know, sounds of the jungle and everything. Yeah. It's really, I, I dig it. Yeah. So that brings me to my first lesson that I saw is the moment, the moment SpongeBob's daydreaming, I think, is a good, a good warning that you should always stay focused on what you are doing. Because mm-hmm. the minute you start straying that focus, can go downhill really quickly. And also segueing into that is the whole um, keeping calm in emergency situations. SpongeBob does not know how to use a fire extinguisher and it takes like two seconds to look at the label and be like, oh, I'm going to pull the pin, aim it at the fire, at the base of the fire, and then boom, fire extinguish. So I think it's those two important things. Like I just learned how to use a fire extinguisher and if you don't know how to use a fire extinguisher, be calm in an emergency situation because when you read panic, the instructions, exactly. Yeah. Read the instructions. I do that for everything. I think it's hard. I mean, especially with like work and school, it's really easy to get lost in daydreaming, you know, a mixture of being stressed or tired or, you know, bored. Um, but just remain present at and like knowing, understanding the situation. If you are at work working with dangerous tools or something, or in SpongeBob's case, like working over a fryer or like a stovetop, it, just be conscious that you can daydream, but be careful. No, that's how Stay that's how focused. a lot of my when I cook, that's how a lot of my buns get burnt. Burnt, yeah. I th- I throw them on the comal and boom, I forget about them, and I check <laughs> back, and now I have to get more buns. Just ruin it. No, it's a, it's Wasting a sad food cycle. Omar. I do. I know. I just scrape off the burnt part and eat the rest, <laughs> and I start the cycle again until I have like a little nub of a roll. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. Um. Not like a lesson, but something we can talk about is like, um, so have you ever wondered like what you would give to your friends if you were able, if you just like dropped everything and went on natural or just like went off into the wild? Like, it's interesting. Like like if I decided to do like a minimalist lifestyle. Yeah, like what you would give away. Because like it was interesting to see what SpongeBob, what he thought was important, like his old stack of phone books, old reliable and just like miscellaneous garbage that he's like, I'm going to give this away. I think that's giving SpongeBob too much credit. Yeah, I don't. I think he was just like, well, I'm not going to need a can opener anymore. And like, who did he give his house to? Like, he didn't give like much away no. for someone who was like, I'm going to live off the land. No. But uh, I I do like Squidward's reaction. He's like, oh great, <laughs> like like this is why I was your friend. This this is why this is it. <laughs> I just like again just because our podcast is is mayonnaise a podcast. This is the first time you see Patrick with mayonnaise. Yeah. And it it pays off. It pays yes. off. He kept that mayonnaise, I think. Comes very important later on. He's extremely important. This mayonnaise is like the key to every single plot point in SpongeBob. It's true. 
the lore. It circles around the mayonnaise. Yeah, <laughs> it completely. That's not a lie at all. This no. is 100% truth. I guess like a little lesson I got from that scene of him stuff, giving stuff away and him talking to his friends is um, he's kind of a little douchey about talking about his like alternate lifestyle and like why it's important and why it means so much for him to be um it reminds me of people who are extremely vegan yes yes and i think that's a little lesson that if you have an alternate lifestyle no matter what that may be veganism whatever um don't preach it to people like it's what they should like trying to convert them like i I think that makes you seem really like on this high horse and people don't want don't respond well to that and that gives other vegans a bad name or whatever a bad name because you're just being really preachy and talking down to people. Yeah, I mean, if you feel strongly about it, try to first ease people in. And that's like another thing that I think I get from this act is he just goes, he goes too hard too fast. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to go off grid. He's going to live with the jellyfish. He's going to run around naked, which body confidence, shout out to SpongeBob, but still. Actual like, sex offender. Uh, <laughs> sex offender, nudist. It all depends on how far you are from how far other are, people. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to catch you running around Who's naked? Who's going to catch you? I mean, how it, far are you he from He does like school? walk around Bikini Bottom completely nude, going to people's houses and stuff. <laughs> Damn. Well, we, he already breaks into people's houses, so I don't think SpongeBob cares about the no, law. Not at all. But, uh, but no, he just goes too hard too fast. Like I have a lot of friends that decide to try to be vegetarian or vegan. Um, I have nothing against either of those lifestyles except for when people try to uh, uh, impose them on me. Yeah. But yeah, it's just take it baby steps. Baby steps. Research. Yeah, research, baby steps, and don't pretend like it's the only, it's the right way to live. It's an alternate lifestyle. It's not the correct lifestyle. and There's not necessarily a correct lifestyle. I mean, yeah, we're all going to die in the end anyways. Yeah, Might as well enjoy the ride however you want to. Yeah, exactly. But as long as other people aren't being hurt. Exactly. I really like uh, Patrick just like yelling his emotions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I feel like we could all learn a little bit from that. Just maybe every now and then we should just, if we're sad, just be like. Patrick's sad. Omar sad. (laughs) Josh sad. Josh angry. (laughs) Omar hungry. So maybe maybe implement that in your in your daily life. We'll see how that works. Give give us a an email, yeah, and see if you I if mean, that you could, benefits you. you. Maybe you're at work and your boss comes up to you and it's like, hey, uh, we really need you to get this done at the other day, uh, like the end of the day. And you're just like, Omar overwhelmed, <laughs> <laughs> and see what they do. Yeah, that could perfect. be interesting. <laughs> and we're sorry if you get fired. Uh. Oh, one other thing I want to bring up is Mr. Krabs says this is the fourth time this week I've had to scrape you off of something. What are you doing? Like, okay, they scraped him off the grill. It's like either there's a fire underwater four times this week or SpongeBob just likes getting stuck to stuff that he likes being scraped (laughs) off of. Again, another uh, evidence for SpongeBob being a god. He put out a fire. He He did. One, he held up so much water. And then he put out a fire with his body. Yeah. It was impressive. Very impressive. I wish I could do that. I just drink a lot of water and feel bloated. Yeah. I feel like you have to pee real bad. Yeah. That's it. One thing that I really want to bring up is the whole charade that uh, Sandy and Patrick decide to do. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some good acting notes there. For um, I have friends that are actors, so this might be relevant to you. Is a uh, don't read the stage direction. Acting, acting 101. So, there you go. It's not your Courtesy job to of read Patrick the, Star. Yeah, not your job to read the stage directions. <laughs> your jo- boom, lessons done. Boom. Don't you don't need to go to a fancy <laughs> acting school. Just watch Spend Patrick Star do his thing. <laughs> do go. it wrong. Learn from his mistake. Very smart. Also, like, I really relate to that situation because my parents tried to do that to me when I was younger, mm-hmm. and it completely backfired on them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, they, my parents, those, those poor people, um, I was not the nicest child when I was younger, and then my parents were also teen parents, so, like, think, like, 
all of our listeners are probably early 20s or even later but like think think like you're you're fresh out of college or fresh out of high school and you're dealing with a a brat of a child and so we lived in Panama at the time and we decided they decided to take me to the edge of the jungle cuz I was a again I was a total I was like oh I want to run away from home <laughs> and so this is like before the age of 5 so that's pretty messed up Tell your tell your hardworking parents that you want to run away from home, and so they took me to the edge of the jungle and they pretended to leave me. They were like, "Oh, we're gonna leave you because we lived in Panama, so like the jungle was really close." So they just drove and they're like, "Okay, bye." And they were hoping that I would like cave, and my my rudeness, I decided to wave. <laughs> I was like, "Bye." Walk into the jungle. <laughs> I was a very independent child, so and I was like, "Bye." I was gonna leave. I was gonna leave. I was I was a hundred percent done. And then they had to wrangle me back into the car because their whole little theatric didn't work on me. <laughs> Jungle Book gotta... 2, the Omar story. <laughs> <laughs> is there already a Jungle Book 2? I don't know. Is there? I don't think so. Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Like and subscribe. The straight to Disney sequels don't count as movies. So Yeah, I don't, I don't count those no, at all. Not real. Oh, I just think this is a perfect example of the grass is always green isn't always greener on the other side. So it's, uh, it's nice to see that like play out with someone else's mistakes and then you don't have to like pay attention on your end. That's true. Like I don't know. Um again with like alternate lifestyles, it's really easy to get caught up in the idea and like the fantasy of it. Like people who have like the mini houses that they have in the back of their car and they just travel around and that seems fun and great until you actually have to like implement that into your life and realizing how difficult it is to maintain those kind of alternate lifestyles. So it's important to kind of very be very like realize that grass isn't always greener on the other side. You may want to implement this alternate lifestyle, but it doesn't mean that it's going to work out for you. So do your research. And now we're at the age of the internet. You can look up how other people have done this or what makes it easier and like Omar said, learn from the mistakes of those people. And not only that, it's like I don't think it has to just apply to um, drastic changes in lifestyle. Like even like your friends who are like maybe a little bit better off than you money wise, or the opposite where they they're they're a little more frugal than you and they can like do all this stuff. You're not gonna just cut like you know a hundred dollars out of your budget like your cheap friends, and you're not gonna just add a bunch of like you know expenses to your budget like your rich friends um without some type of preparation mm-hmm. so even just jumping between those like small small things like oh i'm going to go out more or i'm going to people who like to work out they like decide i'm going to do like a marathon tomorrow and then they don't stick with their workout you know simple stuff like that yeah i think it's more of like understanding what you're capable of what your lifestyle actually is and adapting that to what you what the ideal is is like being able to if you want to become vegan or if you want you know to like you said run a marathon if that's something that you want to do look at your lifestyle right now and think about the little changes you can start implementing to work towards that goal patrick's storyline is very interesting in here just because he gets real crazy mm-hmm. he just decides that i'm going to he like completely loses it Oh, yeah, he really completely loses it. You can't force people to change or you'll go crazy doing it. Yeah. I think that's a perfect sum up of of what you can learn from Patrick Starr in that situation. Yeah. Especially, yeah, you can. Yeah, I was going to say, like, as a friend, like, it is a lot of times you can watch your friends make mistakes. Like, it's very clear whatever they're doing, whatever their current actions are not the best course of action for them. But if they're not willing to listen and, like, you tell them and it just seems like there's a brick wall, like, don't drive yourself crazy trying to convince them that they're doing something wrong. That's just Mm going to make things worse for you in the long run. It's going to add more stress to your life. Just, like, let it play out. Let them figure it out because you've done all you can do as a friend, uh, all but, like, completely chain them down or, like, sit them down and have an intervention, like, you just need to let people, sometimes people just need to figure it out for themselves. Yeah, I lucked out because I learned that lesson really early and in, uh, in high school because I was helping out a lot of people and then they'd be like, well, it was because in high school, the only thing, the only bullshit to deal with in high school is like relationships and stuff. 
and there's people who have like actual problems like like things at home and stuff like that but usually it's like oh my girlfriend broke up with me i don't know what to do or my boyfriend not very the nicest and i don't want to break up with him but blah 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 blah, blah. it's gross but I remember, like, I would always try to help people. I'd be like, oh, well, maybe you should just do this or maybe you should just do that. And I would, like, bend over backwards and do all these things to try to help them out. And then they would just wouldn't take my advice. And advice they came to me for. And this is not unsolicited. They'd be like, Omar, I don't know what to do. And then I would be like, this is what I think you should do. And, of course, they just didn't listen because, I don't know, their choice, right? Yeah, it's it's their choice. But, like, on... I done that before like they people come to you for advice and like i'll give them advice and when they don't take it and they make the same mistakes again and again and they keep asking you for that same advice it does drive you crazy it just makes you frustrated and it's better for you just to put that distance set that boundary with that person and realize like hey i've already told you what i've had to tell you i'm not going to tell you this again and then i think it's also really important to in those situations to recognize the privilege you might have in that situation. So um, I have had friends that in the past, well, they will be like, oh, well, I could never do that. Like, I don't have time for that or blah, 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 blah. Or like, that's like me saying like, oh, I don't have time to work out or do things like this when I live a freelance lifestyle and there's days where I could easily get a workout in. You know, I think it's important to to realize that maybe, oh, I do have enough money to implement this advice or I do have enough time to implement this advice. And just the fact that SpongeBob the entire time was like, oh, no, 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 you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, you'll come crawling to me once you see my lifestyle. And just listening to, like, Mr. Krabs and Sandy were just both like, you're crazy. Yeah. Don't do that. And And he just flies right by it. Yep, he doesn't listen at all. And that's so that was like the lesson I got from this episode was to listen to your friends. If your friends are giving you advice and if it's un, like if it's unsolicited, okay, but if it's you asking them something or whatever, most of it just understand that people have a better perspective about stuff on the outside. Like from the outside looking into a situation, it's easy for them to get advice. So take that advice like especially if it's good friends like in this case like Sandy and Patrick and all of them giving this advice to Spongebob. These are his best friends. Maybe you should take what they're saying with a grain of salt. Like, understand, like, I don't know, understand that maybe they have some wisdom or what they're saying is legit. Because at the end, like, they were all waiting for him in his house. They all knew it would how it would turn up, right? Mm-hmm. They all knew that he would break eventually. Um, but they tried to make him listen. He didn't. So in the end, he understood that they were right. And I think that's important. It's important to realize that a lot of times when your friends try to give you advice, it's worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're like, please put on some pants. Yes. Stop. Again, is SpongeBob? Uh, Fatima actually watched this a little bit of this episode with me, and she was just like, well, they block his genitalia. Does he have like a secret penis? The censoring in this episode is very interesting. Like sometimes yeah. they'll just say, like he full frontal nudes, but then when he's just like standing there, they'll put a convenient shrub or a rock in the way to block his nether do regions. You, do you think that was more for the animators just to have fun with it, or do yes. you think it was? I don't think it was like to actually block anything. I think the animators were just making a, a gag out of it. I don't. I don't think. I, do you think I got that as a child? Do you think he got that as a child? No, I don't think so. I think you just see the censorship and you're like, oh, okay, like. Ooh. He's naked. Ooh. I don't blame SpongeBob if he has a sponge dick, but I don't want to see it. Sponge dick. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want him soaking up uh Yikes. soaking up anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want to mention, Josh? Uh, the last little thing I noticed is just like when Pete, when SpongeBob and when all his friends like have to scratch at the end, they all do the worm in order to like scratch on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like that's an interesting method. I've never been like, oh, my go-to to scratch this itch I have is to do the worm on the ground. Also, why is Sandy itchy? She got a she got, a, she suit. got a suit on. Maybe she got a hole in that suit. Oh, she'd be drowning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe she just didn't want. Maybe it was one of those situations. I've done this before where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I I hear that too. <laughs> I am included. I understand. <laughs> I am part of the group. <laughs> I'm part of the group. Don't be uh <laughs> Don't exclude me, please. 
All right, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump to the bubble break. All right, so this week we're going to take a page out of SpongeBob's book and kind of examine what it would be like if we went off the grid. So each of us are going to talk about what our ideal off-the-grid situation would be. So, so jo- do you want to start? So Josh, for this yeah. off-the-grid situation, is it like completely off-the-grid, like no electricity? Or is this like if I just decided to not participate in society? I think if you woke up one morning and was like, I am done with this life that I am living right now, and not like in a suicide type of way, but more like oh God. I am over like the hustle and bustle and the grind and like I just want to go off and do my own thing. Mm. I always told myself if I would try to do something off the grid or like not in a not even close to civilization, mm. it might be kind of hard because like I'd want to do it kind of like in Hawaii. Yeah. Just some place where the weather is like always good cuz I used to live there when I was younger and it, even when it rains it's warm. It's like okay, cool. And, like, maybe the worst thing you have to deal with is, like, lava or something. But I don't even know if there's parts of Hawaii where I could be off the grid without people knowing where I'm at. I think it makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But, like, you're still disconnected yourself from your current lifestyle. So I guess Mm -hmm. that would be more considered, like, off the grid in that case. You mentioned it uh, earlier, but that whole, like, tiny house lifestyle. Yeah. Like, that sounds interesting to me, but I have a feeling I would hate it. Yes. People don't realize that you have to have a very specific kind of job or income stream for that. I guess that's my problem with living off the grid is I don't have enough survival skills to be like, cool, I can I can eat and farm and do all these other things and enjoy my life. But like if I did have those skills, I'd just probably just pick like some place out in the mountains, like almost cabin in the woods style. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do is like a cabin somewhere in the mountain, like lots of trees high up, like, nice view. You just wake up and just see nature be, like, ideal. When when I play a lot of Minecraft, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what I... I always end up... That's what I do. Like, my little brother gets mad at me because usually when I play, I play with him. And we'll go, and he'll be like... He'll just start building a house. And I'm like, I got to explore the entire map and then find the one place where I'm like, this is nice. I could live here. My always go-to is just to find the nearest, like, open field and build my house there. No, I don't like that. You got to have like... a nice water feature too. You got to find like a nice stream, put it there. I think Minecraft is the closest I'll ever get to going off the grid. So I just live yeah, vicariously exactly. through my Minecraft character when I play. I spend most of my time there just building. Yeah. Like I'm just going to build like a house and then after I'm like, I don't I don't care about having diamond armor or anything like that. Yeah, they're like, once you build a house and like I played with like my brother and sister, it's like, okay, now we gotta go mining so we can go to the nether. I was like, but I've already done what I wanted to do. I built a house. Yeah. I built a house. I'm gonna go. That's f- sad off. that our our millennial <laughs> sensibilities. That's what we've created. What's that's that our house? escape. <laughs> it's really like I just, I just, really I'm so excited. House. Wow, that's a really <laughs> deep psychological thing. <laughs> I'm just excited to build a house. <laughs> I built this nice space for myself and I love it. I put all this, like, I'll put hours into building this house. And when it's done, I'm like, I don't care about going to go get food or killing this zombie outside. Yeah. I did something like, oh, yeah. And then my next step is like, get a pack of dogs. Oh, yeah. A bunch of cats. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. But like, I don't know. I've, I've in the past where I'm like, okay, I'm going to build like a a tree. Like, I did like a tree house situation Mm -hmm. where I like grew gigantic trees, like the kind that you find in like the jungle, like super tall. And just like built like a waterfall <laughs> on top of the tree. I got really intense with it. But usually like my go-to is like find some mountain okay. and build like into the mountain, like almost like a like a cave. Not like a cave, but like you know how like the old like the Oh yeah, yeah, like the cliff like dwellings. Adobe. Yeah. Like the cliff dwelling, like yeah. stuff like that, or like uh Avatar the Last Airbender where they live like under the cliff. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Now I want to play Minecraft. There you but go. I think like if I had those those resources in a in a real world situation, that's what I probably would do. So I'd find some like scenic place uh-huh. out in the middle of nowhere where I can eat food and then build your own have place. A, a pack of dogs. Yeah. There you go. So shout out to Minecraft for letting us live the that alternate lifestyle. <laughs> the off the grid lifestyle. While I'm still on the grid. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Now I want to go play. I'm gonna do that after the podcast. Let's do it right now. <laughs> yeah, before Tima gets home. Act two, opposite day. We start off watching Squidward sleep, 
creepy as ever. And we start hearing giggling. Squidward pulls off the blankets to reveal that SpongeBob and Patrick are under there, ready to throw a surprise birthday party for him. They do a couple activities and then they leave, congratulating each other and put great, giving him the best birthday ever. Squidward yells, it's not my birthday. And that's kind of a breaking point for him. So from there, he calls a realtor, um, tries to figure out if he could sell his house. And the only caveats that she has is like, you can't have nematodes and you can't have crazy neighbors. Unfortunately for Squidward, that's exactly the situation he finds himself in. So he has to figure out a way to remedy this. And what he comes up with is a scheme uh, by using opposite day. So he goes to SpongeBob and starts acting goofy and says it's opposite day. And that's this you should act exactly opposite as you will do. Like right now, I'm acting silly and spontaneous when I would never act like that otherwise. So, of course, SpongeBob takes this to heart, starts trying to be opposite of what he is, changing his actions up a little bit. And then Patrick gets involved and it just goes, we go into a montage from there where the two of them like switch textures. Uh, they try to blow bubbles and instead they become bubbles themselves. Uh, they they act, blow themselves. They blow themselves. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um, and they act like Gary and they even tell a joke to each other that is backwards. SpongeBob says, hey, Patrick. Patrick says, I give up. SpongeBob's punchline to get to the other side and they both laugh in reverse. Um, from there, they start deconstructing SpongeBob's house. Squidward sees this and runs over to fix it just to make sure when the realtor gets there, she doesn't see all this craziness happen. Uh, SpongeBob and Patrick take this as now they need to be more opposite of what they are and the most opposite they can possibly be is by being Squidward himself. So they both don some sort of disguise to make them look more like Squidward and go inside his house. And just at that moment, this a realtor pulls up, and so she now has to deal with SpongeBob and Patrick acting like Squidward. Squidward eventually catches on that she's there. He goes to his own house, and she starts freaking out. She's like, "How many how many Squidwards are there?" Only to have Gary join in too. So she leaves, and in the end, Squidward's super angry as he should be. SpongeBob and Patrick, you know, it's like it's opposite day. We hate you, Squidward. He's like, oh, let me show you just how much I hate you and tries to run them down with a bulldozer. And that's the last thing we see. Solid. Solid. This episode for me is a perfect example of my beef with opposite day. Because like in school, like sometimes they would be like, oh, it's like going to be an opposite day. So we do like the opposite other stuff or we'll do silly stuff like that. Or even with your friends, you're like, oh, on opposite day or something like that. I remember like in middle school, someone would be like, you're ugly. And you'd be like, too bad it's opposite day. Right. beautiful the whole concept is <laughs> of opposite day is weird right like there is no actual opposite day people just like use it as an excuse to act like idiots whenever yeah. they want but the thing but the thing is like just with spongebob where he like kind of overthinks the situation mm -hmm. and like i think patrick had it the best where he's just like i'm not gonna breathe yeah i mean that is <laughs> he the, did exact the exact opposite, opposite. <laughs> literally the opposite and that's the problem is because you can't do it literally mm-hmm and then you have to like set some type of rule. Like you can only act. I don't know. It was. It was. It's my beef. I have a real hard beef with with opposite day for that reason. The struggle. The episode. Omar's like, internal oh. struggle with opposite day. <laughs> I I struggle with it all the time. <laughs> um, what I think is really cool that you mentioned was the whole backwards joke. Mm. It's actually I I read online. It's actually supposed to be like a chicken cross the road joke, but I think they cut the other chicken part because it probably was too long. Yeah. But just their laughs and ba like backwards are kind of creepy, which it is kind of creepy. Nightmares at night. Yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy. Like you don't think that, all right, if I actually listen to this clip in reverse, it's going to sound normal, but it hundred percent does. Like found a YouTube video where they play the clip in reverse and it just sounds like them having normal conversation. I, I bet the audio engineer was just like, just say something. We'll just, we'll just reverse it. We'll do it. We'll find. Yeah. We'll make the magic in post. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. Um, and during that whole little, like opposite day montage that they do, when they become bubbles, Patrick pops. So I would like someone, if possible, to explain to me how a person can pop and what happens to them after that. Well, that sounds like it could be very messy. Yeah. Um. Maybe SpongeBob brought him back. Maybe he uses godlike power. Maybe bring him back. Maybe Patrick has a little bit of godlike power. Maybe he was able to shape shift into a bubble. So, yeah. 
Well, maybe that was, you know how like some magical beings can like transfer a little bit of power to other people. Yeah. Maybe fair. because like they were close like to each other. Like pixie dust, like can sprinkle that and people fly. So maybe that's what he is. SpongeBob sprinkle a little bit of SpongeBob dust on Patrick. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> um, I think it's also interesting to see Squidward with hair. Yeah. Doesn't look too bad. Well, also like looking at other characters who have hair. There's not very many in Bikini Bottom or in this mm-hmm. in this series, but the ones that do have hair usually are wigs. Like Mrs. Puff, we see her that her hair, like when she gets excited or like puffs up, her hair falls off. It's mm-hmm. a wig. So I wonder if like that's just the thing. People just they all that's just wear wigs. Yeah. The only person I can't tell is Pearl. She has like a little patch of hair on the very, very tip of her head. Don't know if I that's a wig there, or not. I think there are situations where she doesn't have the hair. Really? Okay. So it'd make me think that it's a wig. Maybe that's the style. Because I, yeah. I also glad you brought up the hair thing because I thought it was odd that the realtor wasn't wearing a wig. Mm. Cause I think, and this, again, this might just be like my brain filling in the blanks, but like, I think the background fish that are supposed to be quote unquote women are, have wigs. It's fair. Like they, I think they all have hair. And I thought it was like really odd that like when you see the realtor that she, she doesn't, doesn't have any hair. Yeah. It, it is was, odd. It, was, it just stuck out to me when I was watching. I was like, huh. You figure they would have like Why put a fake different? wig on her or something. But the wig business is booming in Bikini Bottom apparently. So yeah, maybe Mr. Krabs is in the wrong uh wrong field. Maybe he runs that too. Probably <laughs> that that would explain why the Krusty Krab isn't open. Yeah, all the time or doesn't run or maybe he does everything. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Some conspiracy with Mr. Krabs where he has his hand in everything. He is the most successful businessman in uh in Bikini Bottom. It's probably. true. Again, part of the Illuminati. Confirmed. Confirmed. Uh, Gary's bark, I loved it. Yeah, just nice. it's it's solid. Uh, Gary can make a lot of noises, but the bark is had some oomph behind it, and I like mm-hmm. that. I it was enjoy how unobservant the realtor is. She walks into this person's house, like mm-hmm. already a red flag that there's like two guys like saying that they're both Squidward. But there's portraits, literally self-portraits, all over Squidward's house of himself. She said they were good, too. So that means like, she Squidward looked at actually it. does have talent. Yeah. She didn't recognize that, oh, maybe this is not matching when I'm looking. Something is off here. Maybe she thought that Mr. Squidward was painting their internal view. Oh, their, like how they wish they would look. Maybe they actually wish they looked like a squid. That can make sense. Yeah. Maybe she was being kind, Josh. There are people in this world who are kind. She could be kind, but put the pieces together. <laughs> take take some notes. Maybe you, you should stop assuming how people look, should look. You're right. <laughs> based on the artwork in their home. Just be observant. <laughs> it, it probably would help to be observant, be especially observant. as a realtor if you're going to meet in. someone for the first time. Yeah. Just be observant. Take in yeah. your surroundings. And if something doesn't work, or it doesn't seem like it fits, like, Politely excuse yourself. Yes. Before you get killed. Before you get chopped up into bits. <laughs> yeah. That's one lesson is be be wary of your surroundings. <laughs> also, one small thing. Know when people's birthdays are if you're planning on celebrating them. Yes. But also, like, Squidward just, like, sat there and took it. He's stone-faced the entire time. Because he knows he better. He let... knows he can't stop that. He can't stop it. This whole episode gives me a lot of, like, He's like stuck, perpetually stuck in like this limbo, this like hell he can't escape. <laughs> like the play no exit or like good place a little bit where you're just like perpetually stuck in this situation you can't get out of and it's just supposed yeah. to be it for the rest of your life. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also like a, for me, Squidward, where I, I really enjoyed like the theme, I, I guess the themes inside the episode is when they start talking about how he, pre- how he perceives himself. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm usually like stuffy or stubborn. I think I think what he says, he says uh something along the lines. Or, oh, he says, I'm usually stuffy and bore- boring. And today I'm like Silly exciting. And spontaneous. And, and then he's like, SpongeBob, tackle me. And he's like, that's like his. It's really interesting because that's his like perception of how SpongeBob acts all the time. Yeah. And then SpongeBob's flipped situation too, where he's like, 
oh, I usually, like, even when, like, a subtle thing is when he goes into tell Gary about Opposite Day, that he realizes the opposite of SpongeBob isn't running, he's always walking, mm. he's inside his bed all the time, like, almost like a depressed SpongeBob is what his com- it ended yeah, up his being. His complete demeanor. And that takes a certain amount of self-awareness, though. Like, that's impressive on his part to understand, like, wow, like, all these behaviors that I have is, like, super exuberant, super happy. Like, I'm going to do this. If I'm going to dedicate to being part of Opposite Day, I have to completely change all of that. If Patrick hadn't shown up, Squidward's plan would have worked perfect. Yes. Patrick is I the think... chaos in this situation. Yeah, he's he's the... You can't predict that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one thing I wanted to bring up is, like, you can't predict what people are going to do, even if you're... 100% sure that that's the way they're going to do it. Yeah. You know? And I find I find that with some people where, like, you know, they surprise me a bit, and I'm like, oh, I thought you weren't going to go through with that, but here you go. You're doing it. You're doing it. And I'm, I'm like, not bad, but impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah. You know? Notice that when we actually, when, again, when Squibber's doing his whole, like, opposite day bit, he plays the bagpipes really well. For someone who, like, when he plays the clarinet, it sounds like a dying animal. He does play but, the bagpipes very, very well. But bagpipes already sound like dying animals. I guess, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is a good bagpipe? Yikes. Well, I guess you can hear bagpipes played really badly. Mm-hmm. But what's a... I've never seen, like, a bagpipe, you know, played in an amazing way. Here. I've I've never been, like, no offense to bab- bagpipers, bagpipists. <laughs> Either or players. <laughs> I've heard like a lot of bagpipes, surprisingly, in my day, but I've never been like, wow, this is like the most beautiful instrument in existence. Like I would take an accordion over a bagpipe any day. I don't know. I've heard some like decent bagpipe ballad stuff. Back- a bagpipe ballad. Bagpipe ballad. Say that ten times fast. Bagpipe ballad. Now I'm- <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got the first. I got through the first one. That was it. I do think it's kind of scary how Squidward has so many paintings of himself. It's a little nar- it's more than narcissistic. It's a problem, I believe. But do you think, I don't know, is it narcissism? Because he, I mean, he is into himself, but like, look at the world he lives in. <laughs> I, he's, I do he's think surrounded by people that, I don't know, that don't appreciate, don't appreciate him. him. I think then he, I think he turns that around. People like not appreciate him for his art or whatever and just, puts all that appreciation, like, does it for himself. And I think that's where his narcissism comes from. He's like, oh, man, you are the best artist, or you are a great cook. He's not getting that from anyone else, so he has to do it for himself. Oh, I feel bad for Squidward. Yeah, it's a little sad. (laughs) When SpongeBob goes into his whole tangent about, like, okay, if Squidward's doing this, and then I need to do this, and I need to do that, and blah, 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 and he gets all over things. And we've seen this with SpongeBob in the past, where he kind of just, does overthink things when he's in voting school and he's, I think it's like an interesting pattern we're seeing with him where he, he can. He can't assess a situation very well. He does. He's like very like, he can assess a situation and knows what he needs to do mm-hmm. very well. I think he just like, once he gets into it, he just gets way too into it. It's interesting how he can do that. How, how he's a good example of like, maybe I'm that obnoxious because of how much I get into it. And it makes mm-hmm. me look at people who like maybe in my past I've thought mm, they are kind of like a little annoying. Maybe they're just overthinking. Maybe I'm being a little too too hard on them. I also want to take a look at the very beginning of the episode. How long were Patrick and SpongeBob just waiting under the blankets for that? And like let's when they take off the blankets, all that Squidward is wearing is like his night shirt. So they were just like <laughs> sitting under there with nude Squidward in the blankets. Like that's a whole different level of like comfortability with people. Well, I think that it was, I don't know, that is dedication. Dedication. We, we've seen in the past too how easily it is for people to get their houses broken into in Bikini Bottom. Yes, no one Mr. locks Krabs the door apparently. No, like, again, no one locks their doors in Pookie Bottom. It's probably a very safe neighborhood, but come on. Come on, everybody. Just pay attention to your surroundings. Yeah. Lock guess, your doors. There's too much trust. There's too much trust yeah. there. I think when it comes to, like, Patrick and SpongeBob, they, people just need to lock their doors around them. 
they don't have they don't think they understand like the boundary of like it's not okay for me just to break into this person's house i want to visit them i'm gonna go do it like they don't even think about it i mean again as we've seen in the past their intentions are very benign Mm -hmm. they're very much like i just want to give squidward the best birthday yeah you they know, just take it there's to There's limits overboard. to friendship. Even like the best of friends, I think, need some space. Yes. That's true. And that's why Josh and I do the podcast through the internet. So that way we don't have to actually be that close to each other. Yeah. It would be a fucking disaster if we were that close to each other. And we just Count like each blessings. other from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like a painting. Like a painting. We just appreciate that way. Yeah. Maybe that's what Squidward does. He looks at his paintings and he's like, I'm going to appreciate myself from a distance. That's a good thing to do. I guess like a selfie, right? People take selfies. So I guess the equivalent is his selfie is painting himself. So does mm-hmm. admire just his like all figure. of us. Yeah. He's just like all of us. He's super relatable. You could be a Squidward too if you really want. I have some friends that I, I would consider them Squidwards. And, and some I would consider Patrick's, but I won't name who. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh subtle. <laughs> also, Squidward's a, a squid of many talents. He rebuilt SpongeBob's house pretty quickly. He did? I didn't know he was a carpenter too. He is. He's, art, and he's again, I think like you said, it's like for Squidward, he's just a very underappreciated, like talented jack of all trades kind of dude. Mm-hmm. And so he needs to praise himself and because he has all these skills, he just no one's there to tell him that you could apply these in a healthy fashion. Yeah, or maybe he has in the past and just hasn't gotten the recognition. Yeah, yet. the recognition. He hasn't broken. He hasn't like broken onto the scene, been discovered. Yeah, they. He needs an agent. He needs an agent. He needs some American Idol in his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> American Idol, the, the Voice, whatever. Pick, take your pick. You can go anywhere now. <laughs> Someone needs to make him viral. We got you. And boom. We got him back. We'll figure it out. He'll be famous. Yeah, so, like, what are the lessons that you got from this uh, episode? Well, for me, like I said, was know people's birthdays. You can't predict people um, and how they'll behave. No matter what, like, and try not to manipulate people. That's another thing is, like, just sometimes it's better to ask for the behavior you want instead of trying to do some backhanded way of, like, oh, if something's bothering you, tell someone. If you want someone to, like, stop doing something tell them you can't just like oh if i secretly do this then that will yeah schemes and lies no matter like how bad or like innocent the lie may be Mm -hmm. usually not the best route especially when you're trying to get a behavior from someone it's best just to be honest up front and i think it's good worth case like even if he was honest and up front with Patrick and Spongebob nothing would have changed but it was a better route than causing more chaos like he did by bringing up opposite day making this huge scheme that just backfired anyways also like I think as a realtor she would have just been she would have been better off <laughs> yeah if yeah, like I, I think Squidward would have been better off and I think the realtor would have been better off because maybe Patrick and Spongebob would have been up to some shenanigans but it would have been normal stuff yeah, not as over the and top then, as what happened. Because I think it's easy to explain like, oh, yeah, my neighbors are so nice. They remembered my birthday. Here they are celebrating it. Right. And they're friendly. Look at them hanging out with each other outside. Like, I'm sure they would have just been hanging out. They wouldn't have come to bother him if the realtor was there. Yeah, they could have just, he could have suckered the realtor into selling a house to another sucker and been like, ha. That's what you needed to scheme. You need to know who you have to, who the right person to scheme in a situation Exactly. <laughs> or sell the sell the house to Patrick. Yeah. There you go. And then and then move away. Yeah. Or just or leave. Sell it to SpongeBob. Cut your losses. Well, that's true. He could just leave the I mean, I doubt he's like paying a mortgage. He seems like he's got it paid off. He seems responsible. Yeah. Out of anyone anyone in Bikini Bottom, there's only two people. Like I imagine Mr. Krabs, his house he just he just owns it. And same with everyone else. Like I think SpongeBob is probably paying rent though. Yeah, I think so. And and Patrick, I don't even think his house is a house, so <laughs> it's literally just a rock with some furniture underneath. So <laughs> yeah, I think maybe he just found that. Place. Yeah, it's <laughs> by luck, pure luck. I need that to happen to me. <laughs> yeah, just, just help me find a place out of pure luck. 
so that way we can stop building our dream homes in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Squidward could have done this in a in a better way. Again, it's more of that uh, another Squidward moment where just karma comes back and bites him in the ass. Yep. And also, like, take a hint. Like, clearly Squidward wasn't happy with them throwing that birthday party for him. Clearly he hasn't been happy on any of the shenanigans he's done. they've done with him. Just, like, take the hint that maybe it's okay to, like, not be as crazy with Squidward. He doesn't like that. It will force him to leave someday. I think so. Maybe we'll see that in the future episodes where Squidward actually succeeds. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. All right. So let's go ahead and jump to our big lesson. Okay. So time for the big lesson, everybody. Bum, 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 bum. So, Josh, what do you have for this episode? What did you think the two acts have taught you? Big lesson from this episode is know the consequences of your actions or think about the consequences of your actions. Um, I think we see in the first episode, um, like understanding that the consequences of giving up everything, what that really means. Like SpongeBob should have taken a moment to kind of consider his actions and what that means for not just for him, but for his friends, like completely leaving your friends behind. If you have a very like needy friend or someone that you're really close to and suddenly you're just like, I'm gone, I'm done. Like that can really change a person and it can really hurt them. And I think that's what he did to Patrick and he didn't mean like Patrick didn't do anything to deserve it. So I think it's even, it's even worse on, on him in that circumstance. And then in act two, um, think squidward understanding the consequences of his actions by saying like oh man if i make this huge scheme i know who patrick and spongebob are i realize who they are as a person are they going to take this overboard and Mm -hmm. if you think he would have given that a little bit more thought he could have probably found a better way of making them calm down than coming up with opposite day so again it's just like and that's in just like real life anything you do has consequences either good or bad so if you're going to make some sort of change in your life or if you're going to make some sort of big decision or even small decision, um, just make sure that you're considering everything as much as you can yeah. because it can cost you like a lot of time too. Yeah. It can cost you a lot of time, a lot of money. money if you lose a friend, don't... you can, a lot of stuff can happen. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're making a big change like that, it can cost you a lot of time, a lot of money if you're just out. And again, like you, those friends gave him recommendations on what to do. Yeah, and, and that's part well, of at it. least in the first act. Is that in the second act? Squidward didn't have that luxury. No, but it's part of it is that you do have a support system around you. Like everyone has friends or family. I mean, most people have friends or family. I shouldn't say everyone, but <laughs> there is a support system around you to help you realize what consequences are. If you are having a t- hard time, like really analyzing a situation, ask someone for advice. Ask for someone like if. I do this, what do you think are the repercussions? And I, most people like have a pretty good perspective and you can take in what they say and like it's usually pretty good advice. Or do what I do, like just take bits and pieces of everyone else's advice because there's some things where I'm like, ah, I don't, I wouldn't do that. But this part of the, your advice fits really nicely with that. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing. It's just like that is just something, saying something about advice. Advice isn't, you don't have to take advice like, wholeheartedly the idea of advice is just giving you more resources or more things to think about when making decisions and that's mm-hmm. the whole point it's just like you don't have to completely take advice that we're giving you on this podcast or like lessons and stuff but the idea is just like you take the little bits of it and apply it in a healthy way yeah especially the ones that you. apply to you yeah. like you might you might you might not be pe- playing Minecraft and realize that you are trying to build a house to fill the to hole fill the where hole your, your actual house is. <laughs> but um, no, your yours come out kind of really plays really nicely with mine because mine was impulse control. Between both, it, again, which is like another way of not looking at your consequence, uh, looking looking at possible consequences. SpongeBob and Squidward both decided instantly. As soon as SpongeBob and Patrick were out of Squidward's house, Squidward's like, I'm moving out. Um, as soon as Mr. Krabs is like, you'll never last out there, uh, SpongeBob did the same thing. He's like, bye, I'm going to go. Mm. And he's just working on impulse. And I feel like 
there are times that we follow our instincts very, very carefully and we kind of stick to them. But I think there's also times where you kind of rush into something way too quickly. Yeah. And those impulses just, again, letting those impulses overtake you, whether it's I'm out, I'm out with my friends and I'm going to do this because they're doing it or I'm sitting at home and I just, I'm hungry. So I'm just going to eat whatever instead of cooking dinner, stuff like that, which I think on like a small level is what, like how our everyday impulses can affect our lives. Exactly. I think it's like important to realize that everyday actions or impulses impact you in some way. You going to the store and being like, Oh, do I really need to buy this? pack of chips or cookies like do i really need this but the impulse is there like you don't really need to and you don't really need to waste the money on something like that you know especially if you have other snacks in your cart already or like like with clothes if like you already have a bunch of shirts but you have find a shirt that you're like oh this is pretty cool but can i spare that 20 dollars? like think about the consequences think about like what you can use that mm-hmm. money for in another circumstance and you don't have to be so impulsive and be like nah i see this i really want this i'm gonna buy this right now or knowing, or knowing who you are. Like for me, like I have a really bad impulse control when I'm at home. If I have, you know, a packet of cookies, I can eat like for Oreos, for example. I can eat like a whole row of Oreos on my own, and I shouldn't. But where my impulse control comes in is when I go to the store. I decide not to get the cookies so that way I never run into that situation. It's yeah. looking at how maybe you can times where you have more control and times you have less control and trying to like figure out the middle, you know, where I can go like same with SpongeBob. He's like, maybe he's upset before he goes into work. Maybe he should go jellyfishing so that we can be like, okay, cool. I got it out of my system and then go to work. I'm sure it's like fishing, like regular fishing where you like do it at like four in the morning. It's probably better. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe. (laughs) So like something like that where maybe like, oh, okay. Before I go to the store, I'm gonna eat some food. So when I grocery so I'm not shop, shopping I'm not just hungry. junk. Yeah, you know, and I kind of do that where I'm like, well, so I don't eat all the Oreos, and then our, yeah. our intern gets upset at me. <laughs> and on a deeper level, like understanding impulses when it comes to your emotions, you know, what do you do that is impulsive when you're happy, or what do you do when you're impulsive when you're sad, and realizing the consequences of those impulses. So like. A lot of people, when they're sad, like, their go-to is, like, sit there, watch sad movies, or, like, drink, or, you know, Mm -hmm. do some sort of, you know, bad behavior that, you know, in some way makes them forget about whatever pain it is that they're going through. And I think realizing, like, there are consequences of relying too much on those impulses. Mm -hmm. It's unhealthy sometimes. It is unhealthy, yeah. Like, that's like your your animal brain. Use that logical part of your brain for a little bit. and. (laughs) Use the so evolution can, that you've been given. <laughs> took years and years for it to to kick in. Give it a give it a couple more minutes. Give it a try. Yeah. That's yeah, good. I, I, I liked it. I like yeah. it when our uh when our lessons intertwine like that. It makes oh, me yeah, feel it's... like maybe we're doing something right. Yeah, it also makes me feel like when we watch the episode we're we're actually getting what it's trying to trying to say. Trying to Yeah, it's like yeah. we're tuning into the SpongeBob universe. In the ways of SpongeBob, we're, we're intertwined and we are one. <laughs> the hive mind. We, we, we become part of the hive mind that is SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> Whatever Nickelodeon's trying to push on all of us. <laughs> the brainwashing, it's working, it's fine. Yeah, because then it feels like we're both getting brainwashed at the same time. Yeah, it's a group effort. It's nice. Yeah, and then we pass it on to you guys, and then we just keep passing on the just brainwashing. Perpetuating the situation. And the world becomes a better slave, a better place. Yeah, hopefully. I speak so. <laughs> well, again, thank you all for joining us. Um, thank you. If you want to reach out to us, ismaniasapodcast.com is the best way to do it. Android listeners, I'm still trying to find a perfect app for you. I was having some issues with another app. I will not name it just in case it ends up being the solution. But I really want those Android listeners to have a great podcasting app. Um, Google just released one, so maybe that will be our thing. If you are an Android listener and you do have a go-to podcast app, like let us know too, and maybe we can look into getting part of that. But yeah, Google just released Google Podcasts, so I think that would be a good blanket. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, if not, just stay posted. Just look at the posts. Um, we'll see what, uh, what, happens. what works for everyone. Yeah. 
share this podcast with your friends. We want everyone to be listening to this podcast and really enjoying it and make our community a little bit bigger. And also, if you want to reach us, you can reach us at ismanyasapodcast at gmail.com or on any social media. Again, just Google us. You'll find us, I promise. Same with any of your podcasting apps. If you Google us, you'll find us. So uh, tell your friends if they're having a hard time, help them out. So yeah, um, thank you all again for listening. And just remember, I'm Squidward. 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 Shit, <laughs> 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 <